This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. This is not after a game. This is after, unfortunately, one of the pillars of the Raptors organization. Dwayne Casey has been let go by Masai Ujiri. Um, and joining me to discuss this, I don't know if it's monumental or not, but it's pretty important news, um, is Vivek. Vivek, how you doing? I'm doing all right. Uh, a little bit shaken. Wasn't... Honestly, I wasn't expecting it to happen so soon when after Masai said that he wanted to take his time to evaluate. Mm. Um, you know, obviously that press conference was a little bit awkward with Casey coming up first and then there being a pretty long gap before Masai came up. So, um, I thought Masai would have maybe taken some time, maybe even seen how uh, the Celtics fared against the Cavs. You know, was it just the Cavs role players getting hot at the right time, or you know, uh, did, would, would Brad Stevens do something very different, or just be way more physical with them, that kind of thing? Um, I thought that would all be part of the evaluation, but now it looks like his mind was already made up. Yeah, it, I mean, it was strange because, like, to bring up Casey to that podium. To basically let him face questions about how, you know, is your job in trouble? Because, you know, Lewenberg had that report about the Raptors, you know, leaning towards letting him go. And uh, I think that report was backed up at Grange and also Wolstad. And mm-hmm. so it was like, all right, so you know he was going to face those questions, right? And I, I know, you know, it's it's obviously tough to to avoid having him on that podium. But you could if you're going to do it, like, by the end of the week, you probably could have just delayed that podium and then waited until the... Until he actually left, you know, and then he maybe give his own like exit interview or something or something. But I mean, yeah, I thought I thought that because of when they scheduled it, I thought it was a perfect way for them to deflect and maybe celebrate him getting that coach of the year from his peers. Mm-hmm. But it was nothing about that. Yeah, yeah, and so the man gets let go. We don't really know who's going to replace him yet, but um, I think we could start here. Um, Dwayne Casey, he got let go because his track record in the playoffs, um, like most of the other Raptors, has just not been, not been great. Like, that's really the only one reason, because in terms of everything else, I think he succeeded in. Absolutely. There's no question. You look at the regular season success, um, the big picture that he built for this franchise when he came in, taking over from a team that went 22 and 60, and, you know, he wins, he gets one more win in a shortened season, and then from there he's kept building. Um, obviously, the Rudy Gay trade was huge uh, from Masai to sort of establish that chemistry. But in terms of the process of how they went about getting better, you know, they, they were the worst defensive team in the league when he took over. And now you look at a team that finished both top five offensively, defensively, 59 wins, best season in franchise history overhauling the offense completely from that ISO style to uh, the great basketball that we watched this season um, 
you know, you could argue all the way up until game one of the second round. Um, so, uh, yeah, there's, like I, like I tweeted earlier, nothing but respect and admiration for where he's taking this franchise. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, he's, he came in with the mandate to sort of, you know, legitimize the franchise, you know, get the team to work hard. And like, it, he took over just like a trash dump, basically. Like, there was no culture, nothing. Like, the organization was com- complete shambles. Um, and, you know, he's done as much as he can with it. And like, a lot of what the Raptors are can be attributed to Casey. Like, we don't really, I think everyone focuses a little bit too much on the X's and O's with the coach, which I, you know, I understand. Obviously, doing Casey's X's and O's over the years um, have not necessarily been inspiring. He's obviously drawn a lot of criticism for that. But the things that we don't see is, like, you know, organization and um, structure and how how basically people treat each other. Um, and I think Dwayne Casey was instrumental in that part of it for sure. Like, rappers are a top-tier organization in terms of, just how little drama people get into. Like, what was the what was the coaching drama we got into? Like, like James Johnson, and that's it, <laughs> right? Like, okay, yeah, yeah James I Johnson. Think you could okay. Maybe say Kyle Lowry a little bit, but that's just but that's the thing. Lowry had a a track record, right? So like, yeah, exactly. even 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 James Johnson had a track record too. It's just like, for, but for the most part, like he got everyone to grow. And like, you know, you look at guys like Lowry and Demar, like they found their best success under Casey. Um, and I, and both of them said so after, uh, they got swept. Um, you know, both of them took time out of their pressers to show credit to Casey and, and, you know, he's like a dad to those two. He really is. Yep. That, I think that's the saddest part about it is that like, I don't know. I can't, I can't even imagine Lowry and DeMar without Casey. It's, it's going to be strange looking at that bench next season and not seeing Casey on the side of sidelines for sure. Yep. Um, and, you look at Lowry, where he was, what his reputation was before he came to Toronto. And then even when he came to Toronto, you know, there were multiple reports that he sort of had this mindset of, you know, he was just going to play it out and move on. And so to go from where he was at that point uh, to now, you know, being so happy to praise Casey and attribute so much of his success being an all-star, being a multiple all-star, um, the improvements in his game, even with the changed offense, you know, there could have been times early on in the season when he, when he was struggling where maybe the old Kyle Lowry would have said something against Casey. Mm-hmm. He just said, no, this is something that I have to figure out. This is something that we're all invested in. Right. And that, and that investment, that buy-in from the all-stars that only comes when you have someone at the top that you who you respect and yeah, sure and that that's one thing that stood out over the years that no matter what happened there was definitely respect for Dwayne Casey and that's hard to find when a coach is around for multiple seasons and especially when you go through some of the the, the end of seasons the, that the Raptors have had yeah for sure for sure and look, this is this respect with, with Casey has been earned. Like he, um, you know, there were multiple times where it looked like he was going to get let go. Twenty fifteen for sure. Um, mm-hmm. After the Raptors got swept by Washington, um, there weren't as many calls for his job in twenty sixteen, but twenty seventeen last year it was also so twenty sixteen. You know, obviously there was that Zach Lowe report where if they had lost to the Pacers, right, right, right. 
But I mean, like, that one made sense. Like, yeah, if you, I don't know. I mean, like, I thought that one was just like, yeah, of course. And you can't lose in the first round two years in a row, especially after you improve the team um, and have that result. But, I mean, I don't know. I thought 2016, like, people weren't as mad at Casey. I think just because that year it felt like the Raptors actually lived up to their expectations in the playoffs, no matter how ugly it was in the first two rounds, I even against Cleveland. But, like, um, yeah, I mean, there's just been this constant call, and, like, we can't pretend like this is out of nowhere either, and I, and I don't think Masai is the kind of guy that, you know, makes these rash decisions, and, like, as much as we can talk about, like, regular season success and building up a culture and, you know, building expectations, like, ultimately, Casey built the expectations to the point where he couldn't meet them anymore, and the expectations are now pretty much solely, like, what's happening in the playoffs. Like, you, you see every single player, they're talking about how, None of this matters. Kyle Lowry said the whole season was a waste because he didn't get to the championship, which, I mean, I, I think that's probably a bit, you know, uh, too much, really. But, I mean, like, seriously, really. But at the yeah. same time, like, that's where the expectations are. That is the mindset are. you want, though. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm just saying, that's where the expectations are at this point. And if you look at the Raptors under Casey, um, you know, their playoff record is 21-30. and 30, And that's just kind of weird because they've been the higher seed in every single um, well, not every single series, but like at least going into the first round, they were the highest, they were higher seed every single time in the last, you know, five years. Um, and you know, you, while you can argue that they beat everyone they should have beat, quote unquote, from basically 2016 onward, um, you know, whether that's Miami, Washington, uh, Indiana, or Milwaukee, like, I don't know, it's just a lot of the style of the, the game didn't really translate over. Uh, and maybe w- the Washington was like the first time it was like, all right, look, the Raptors are just playing their game, no problem. But then when it went to the Cavaliers, like it, it started, it looked like everyone was just freaking out a little bit, right? Like, and and I think that may be what Masai saw as well. It's like, hey, look, if we're gonna really try to take a crack at the Cavs, not even the Cavs, just LeBron. But if you're gonna try to take a crack at these guys, like you need your best shot from everybody. And I think we can all agree that. You know, save for OG and JV and maybe Kyle Lowry. I mean, Kyle Lowry had like five points in the last game. Um, you know, no one was giving their best shot, and I think that includes Casey. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, yeah, I think the moments that stand out are the lack of an adjustment in the fourth quarter in game one when Lowry was getting shut down by LeBron. Uh, game two, the stretch where Kevin Love kept posting up CJ Miles and Nothing was done until it seemed like it was already too late. Um, and then obviously game four, the two minute stretch for Bebe. Um, buddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, come on, man. What are you doing? <laughs> so, I mean, and, and, and I think, I guess, uh, from a size standpoint, there are multiple, there are occasions like this that you can look to in every postseason. Where he's made these decisions where you're kinda trying to figure out exactly what's going on in his head. And ultimately it's, it, it hasn't necessarily ended up costing Raptors series, but it, it's cost them games and probably extended series beyond what they should have. You know, a lot of times, you know, when, when we predict things like, you know, what'll happen, how many games for Milwaukee, how many games for Washington, you know, as much as 
our head is saying five games, we almost attribute the sixth game just for just for being the Raptors and no, you know, assuming that you know there's going to be that game where they just throw it away. Mm. And so those are the things that you want to get away from. Um, again, that's not entirely on the coach; that's on the players as well. But ultimately, it's a lot easier to get rid of one than fifteen. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's probably where the narrative of like you know scapegoating comes from. Like, yeah, it is way easier to make this move. But I mean, I think we all agree that like this isn't enough, right? Like, you're not just gonna move Casey and then pretend like everything is gonna be the same. Right, and right. we could talk about who we're going to replace him with in a second, but um, the problem I think goes beyond the coaching. I don't think Dwayne was helping in the Cavs series with what he was trying to do, um, but I also don't think the roster in in itself is like you know good enough. Like the top, and especially the top end talent, like with Lowry and Demar, like that's just that's a ceiling with the team. Like no matter how many times you reinvent everything, and like in terms of reinventing what those guys do like that's this that's what this season was for right like let's play a different style let's try to you know keep Lowry healthy for the playoffs and he did and he was decent in the playoffs pretty good actually not necessarily in the Cavs series but pretty good overall um you know let's get DeMar moving in the ball uh and you you did all that successfully in the regular season but then when it came time to the playoffs like the results were ultimately pretty similar and you know it becomes pretty clear at that point that there is a ceiling on this team based on that and that's why you know i think more moves are going to come man i feel like either they're going to go all in with like trying to get a third piece which right now um they have a lot of assets to do they have a lot of young guys that they can trade that are you know i'm sure people are going to want and also big salaries to match uh returning contracts uh they're either going to get a third star or they're going to try to move one of the two main pieces and you know try to really go at it a different angle or retool or rebuild or whatever it is but um yeah i think we can all agree that casey is not the only guy right absolutely no question i mean you know larry's had his playoff moments where he's been underwhelming DeRozan, i mean the way he closed that cleveland series that sort of came out of nowhere because um, i thought he was pretty good against washington um and so yeah, you do have to look at the two main all-stars that are on the court uh, that can impact the game. And, um, you know, I, I sort of look at Oladipo throughout that Indiana series and his mindset where every game he it never phased him that he was going up against Cleveland that it was go, that he was going up against LeBron. Mm-hmm. But you do sort of get that sense uh, that the Raptors do feel inferior, and that does come from uh, a little bit, you know, from. Demar saying, you know, oh, I'll give you a hundred bucks if you can guard LeBron, or you know, <laughs> if we had LeBron, we would have won, or mm-hmm. you know, even at the end of the series, saying, you know, maybe they do have our number. So little things like that, you know, you do have to question and wonder: Do you need not not PJ Tucker in terms of the player, but in terms of that mindset where you know we're gonna bring it, we're gonna get into them, and we're gonna do whatever it takes to win what ultimately happens ultimately happens but you have to go in with that mindset that you are the better team especially as the number one seed mm-hmm. you just you just never really got that vibe from this Raptors team in at least against Cleveland yeah and I think honestly this year like one of the issues might have just been they had too much baggage because right. like they were good enough to win game one they didn't obviously mm-hmm. because the fourth quarter was so bad 
Yep. Um, but like, you know, game two, they kind of folded. Like they kind of decided collectively at the end of that second quarter, these calls are going against us and we already have LeBron breathing down our necks and we're just going to be, it's going to be over basically. And like they mm-hmm. played like it for the second quarter, for the third quarter there. And like you mentioned before, like the CJ Miles thing, like, like him guarding love obviously wasn't the ideal solution. Obviously, it wasn't ideal that Serge Ibaka was just, like, literally couldn't dribble a basketball that game. You yep. couldn't trust him with anything. Uh, and so the Raptors had to go to their plan B and C, and obviously it didn't really work out. But, I mean, again, that, that speaks to an issue being deeper than just Casey. And, and you know, there has to be something um, said about the star players. And they have to be a, bit, a little bit more accountable. And if we're going to be completely honest, like, one of the major issues in the playoffs was like the the two stars didn't play defense. Like, yeah, look at Demar in that in that Cavs series. He couldn't be trusted to guard anybody. J.R. Smith, no, like J.R. Smith was going off. J.R. Smith literally shot seventy seven percent from three. Um, you know, you couldn't trust him to guard Corver whatsoever. DeRozan couldn't guard Love, and you know, anytime Demar actually Demar probably did the best job against LeBron. Oddly enough, he had a couple of blocks. <laughs> But like, I mean, that makes it so frustrating, right? Yeah, that's the thing, right? So like, you know, who's holding these players accountable to like, you know, the stars accountable, right? We've seen Dwayne Casey hold everyone else accountable. We've seen him bench JV. We've seen him bench Surge. Um, you know, the small forward spot has always been in flux. You know, Norm has was cut out of the rotation. Pretty much everybody was held, um, you know, responsible. And I don't necessarily yep. think the stars were given that same treatment. And you know, maybe with the new voice. Um, that would change. According to reports right now, it's the only name that's coming up repeatedly is Mike Budenholzer. Do you like that? Um, before we get to that, just a couple of things that you mentioned that I wanted to touch on. Um, so one in relation to the baggage. Mm-hmm. Do you think how, how much of that baggage is also this is the third straight time that they've fallen to the Cavs? And at a, at a certain point when things aren't going well, you're just saying, well, We've been trying to play the same strategy for three years, mm-hmm. and you can see it's not working, and nothing is changing. So why are we going to try? Yeah, no, I think that's that's it. Like that, that's exactly what the baggage is, and I think that's a big difference between what Indiana had and what the Raptors had, because Indiana at least had a fresh mind about how they went about it, and also I, I think Indiana just had like you know better leadership in that series. Like you, you look at Victor Oladipo, even games when he was struggling, he was still attacking. At the yeah. end of games, he was splitting double teams. Like, we didn't see DeMar split a single double team. I'm not yeah. saying that I need him to split a double team. I'm just saying, like, need to show that aggression and that confidence yeah. to attack something like that. Mm-hmm. Then, yeah, and then the other thing in terms of uh, challenging the star players, you know, the one thing I wonder about is, you know, what if DeRozan was given the same leash coming up as Valanciunas, where, you know what, mm-hmm. you're not playing defense, you're not going to play fourth quarters, you're not going to be in the game. Yeah. No. What does that change? So those little things um, are sort of why this franchise is at the point where they're at right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, and now moving on to who you bring in next, you want a coach that will address both of those things, right? You want someone that can challenge the stars. You want someone uh, that can bring in the X's and O's that have appeared to be lacking in postseason's past. And... I am not here for Mike Bunholzer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, it's, it's just, just not like, a sexy move, man. Like, it's it's not a like, sexy move. 
I mean, yeah. like, I, I believe in Bud, kind of. Like, I, I think he has some. He's obviously did well in Atlanta. He won that that sixty wins. Like he, I don't know, implemented a nice system. He won yeah. Coach of the Year. But like, dude, come on, man. We're really gonna replace Dwayne Casey uh, because he got swapped by LeBron with the guy that got swapped by LeBron with sixty wins. Like, yeah, exactly. That's that's exactly what it is. So, mm. um, yeah, I'm 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 really hoping that isn't the move. Um, to me. And, you know, whether it sounds biased or not, I, I do think Jerry Stackhouse is the best candidate. Um, over Nick Nurse, I think that, uh, he's got a hard-nosed mentality. He, from what I've seen, like, he has no problem. He has that level of respect of being an 18-year vet where I do believe in his ability to challenge Lowry and DeRozan. Yeah. Um, he has that personality yeah. for sure. Like, yeah. He's not afraid to do something like that. Which is not like yeah. it's it's not about confrontation, it's about getting everyone on the same page and I think yeah. you know, he's got enough clout basically to go up exactly. to someone like that and be like, Hey, listen, Damar, I was you. Offensively I was you, man, but defensively you need to be me. Yeah. Yeah. And and so when I look at him I think the most impressive thing uh that I saw from him this season compared to last was uh, last season, you know, relative to the G League, he had an extremely talented team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he took that team, made them the number one defensive team. He built that defensive identity. Um, and you saw it on the way to their title. Mm-hmm. But this season, this team was not that good. And even when they started out, I think it was four and ten or five and ten, you know, he made it very clear. He was very calm. He was very patient. He said, you know, this is going to take some time to establish that identity. And by the end of the season, they were the number one defensive team. In the league again, mm-hmm. and then and then they went to the finals. They lost to a team that was more talented, but to take a group that necessarily wasn't all that and maximize them with you know both the defensive strategy and the X's and O's, that's kind of what the Raptors are looking for. Yeah, exactly. So, to me, he would be the top candidate. I know Nick Nurse has also won. Um, I believe two D-League championships with the Rio Grande Valley Vipers. Mm. Um, and obviously he's established a big reputation with having him as the main guy to change the offense. And, um, but I just wonder how much of that stench remains if you stick with a guy like Nurse. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I just don't think it's not the time. If you're going to fire Casey because, um, you keep hitting the same wall, you can't promote someone from the bench like that. There's just not enough of a change of voice. Right. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I love, I love the idea of Stack. Um, you know, and, and I like that you gave some perspective as to sort of what the type of things that Stack excels at because, um, I'm sure a lot of people that want Stack don't even know, like, how he coaches and stuff because not that many people are watching G League games. Wow. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of the personality, in terms of the X's and O's, um, you know, Stack's a good guy to have for sure. I feel like part of it is also going to be influenced by what direction the team moves in next. Um, in terms of if they keep the stars and try to get a third guy, maybe you want them <laughs> a little bit more established just to carry that through. Or if you're going to take a step back a little bit and move on the stars and try to sort of rebuild a little bit, then you might have more of a leeway to go with Stack. Because just because you don't want to put a new coach in the situation where he has, you know, that much pressure where it's like, we got to win right now. 
because we right. just flipped, I don't know, JV and, 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 and Pump Prospects think, for someone else. Yeah, yeah, keep going. And the other thing that I think he has in his favor as well is because of him being in the NBA for so long, you look at his college career as well, he's been under guys like, you know, Dean Smith, Larry Brown, Rick Carlisle. Mm. Um, I think he was even with Eric Spoltro for a bit. So, um, you know, working under Pat Riley. So I think, you know, not to say he's got that Steve Kerr background, but he does have that element where he's taken a lot from all those guys, right? And frankly, he's taken from Casey as well. Mm-hmm. So I think he's got a lot of experience that he brings to the table. I don't think he should be looked at someone that, oh, you know, you've never coached an NBA team before, so uh you should just be out of the running. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um. Okay, I guess that's that's mostly it. I mean, like, it sucks. It really does suck. Like, I, I feel bad for Dwayne Casey. Like, it. Yeah. He's a victim of circumstance, but I mean, also at the same time, like, I don't think he's blameless. I don't think anyone in this thing is blameless. Like, we no. can't just look at this team and go, "Well, they won 59 games, this and this, and they lost to LeBron." We can't just reduce it to that. Like, the Raptors are now at the point, like Blake wrote yesterday, where you got to really look into margins in terms of you know where you're mm-hmm. going to upgrade the team. And this this is one of the margins. Like, you know, I think we can we can all give Dwayne Casey a lot of credit for the sort of um, the class and the professionalism he brought to the game, and also just you know he he built a lot of good things here. Like in, even the offensive scheme, like you know he's done a great job of implementing that, especially this year with the, with the increased uh, three point shooting and assists and everything like that. And defensively, he's had some good ideas, but like you know ultimately. If the Raptors want to get over that hump, um, they have to stop dwelling in the, in the big picture and just look at specific things um, that have held the Raptors back. And, you know, in the case of coaching, like, yeah, they haven't had a lot of great ideas when it comes time to struggling in the playoffs. And I know a lot of people are going to be angry at this move just because Dwayne's going to win. He's, he's already won the coach's um, pick for Coach of the Year, and he might win Coach of the Year. I think he deserves to win Coach of the Year for what he did this season. But mm-hmm. absolutely, you know, this is where the Raptors are, man. They got to move to the next step, and, and no one's no one's saying it was that's only Casey's fault. I don't think anyone's scapegoating him because, you know, like even Masai said, man, this, this really hurt. Like this is this is a difficult decision, and you know, they decided in order to take the next step, they got to you know move on from Dwayne, and that's not saying that Dwayne is was you know the issue. Dwayne is not the only issue. Dwayne had some issues, just like everyone else did. And I think if the Raptors are going to address this coaching issue, they're going to continue addressing more issues in terms of what where the star players are at, and also just like what pieces are missing from the roster. So, yep, it's more to come. You got a favorite Dwayne Casey moment? Oh man, yo, you think Dwayne Casey's got to like clean up his stuff in a box and take it out of the office, and he has to put that big rock in there? <laughs> like, <laughs> so <laughs> they got to open the back door and like. Come in with a forklift and uh, I mean, <laughs> he's move that been rock. He had it for seven years, though. It can't be that big now. <laughs> That's true. That is true. <laughs> I've always appreciated that Dwayne Casey rock story, though. The, the pound the rock thing. I've really, really appreciated it because it's there's like a really like famous Chinese uh, parable that talks about mm-hmm. like this family trying to move this mountain in their backyard. Okay. And it's like this, like over generations, they keep trying to move this mountain, and this is like this insurmountable task. But they keep going at it, and eventually they die, and like the gods like remove the mountain or whatever. Um, 
and it, it was always like, yeah, that that feels a lot like what the Raptors trying to do with LeBron. And so yeah. I've always had a soft spot in my heart for that rock. <laughs> That's cool, man. What yeah. You, what's your favorite Dwayne Casey-ism? There's a lot of them. Um, favorite Dwayne Casey-ism? Um, it's make or miss league, Doug. Oh, Doug. It's a make or miss league. <laughs> um, I think, I think my favorite moment was back, this is when he first started with the team, and there was a game in Atlanta where the scores messed it up or foul calls or whatever it was. And, uh, Casey was so heated after the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, and he went off, like he even said, he went to the extent of saying, you know, we like, he was basically implying that the NBA was against Canada. Um, and yeah, ever since that moment, I've just been like <laughs> much respect to Casey, man. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. I, I did like, um, I did like the way Casey sort of carried himself in those, um, those interviews. Like, the, it's just like the camaraderie that always, like, you, when you watch those videos online or if you're even in the scrums, like, the camaraderie you see with, like, him naming every single guy. I mean, like, whatever. Na- learn, learning people's names is whatever. But, like, seriously, you'd be surprised at how many coaches don't do that, right, with their own beat reporters. Yeah. Um, yeah. and he's always, he's always been friendly with the Raptors Media Corps. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, him saying mature, <laughs> a big, a big one. Yo, all his dad jokes on open gym, dude. <laughs> he's such a dad, man. He's like a, he's a dad through and through, like with everything that he does. Oh man, yeah. Like remember when he stormed into the locker room and was like, "Who's our best three point shooter tomorrow?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah. No, seriously, like. It, it it really does suck to watch him go. Like you know, he's he's been a part of so many of these moments. It's just, but yeah, you know, I, I, you know, I don't know, man. You 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 build all these expectations for yourself, and then you bury yourself under them. That's that's what the Raptors have been these last couple of years. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. Again, now you know, Masai said it was uh, said to put it on him, and now it's squarely on him to see where this team goes from here. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. All right, Vivek, buddy, it's gonna be a long summer. It's gonna be a yeah, long man. and fun summer. We'll probably do another reaction podcast once the, the head coaching decision gets made. But um, yeah, yeah. Until then, sorry, Case. It's, <laughs> it had to happen to you, Case, but it, it, it happened. So we'll see what's next. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. When people ask Regina, do you like to compete? I say. Bring it on. Those are the moments that drive you to achieve more. And when you win, you keep reaching higher. To me, that's what the Cadillac Escalade represents. It's always evolving in technology, in design, everything. Because success isn't the end. It's just the first step to what comes next. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. When people ask, Regina, do you like to compete? I say... Bring it on. Those are the moments that drive you to achieve more. And when you win, you keep reaching higher. To me, that's what the Cadillac Escalade represents. It's always evolving in technology, in design, everything. Because success isn't the end. It's just the first step to what comes next. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. 
never stop arriving.